So, I want to start off by commending you today. Um, this is a day when so many people travel, and you're here. Thank you for being here. It's raining, and you're here. Uh, and the Jaguars are in town, and you're here. So, way to go. Thank you for being here. You're the best of the best. So, I want to pray for all those who are traveling, of course. Uh, but, but thank you for, for being here today. Um, so, I have a confession to make as we get started. Um, I usually prepare out six weeks, six months in advance on what, how, what I'm going to speak. Of course, it changes from time to time. Um, and normally, I'm not here on this Sunday. I'm one of those traveling. Um, so I came to the office on Monday and realized I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. I have no clue. And so uh, I began to, to process and pray, and, and, and the one word that kept coming to my mind was this word hope. And the reason that it came to my mind is, is Christmas for most people is uh, an exciting time of family and, and fun, but for a lot of people, Christmas is really hard. And, and so I know there's, we have folks who are going through the holiday season for the first time with, without people. Um, I know that people have gone through dramatic changes, and this has uh, just been a, for some it's just been a really, really hard year. And so I, I just kept coming back to this word, hope. And, uh, and so I, today I want us to, to land on this reality that we have an amazing hope because of the awesome God that we serve. Okay? So we're going to uh, look at 2 Corinthians, and uh, we're going to be in chapter 4. And um, just a little background about Corinthians. Uh, the, the church at Corinth, for lack of a better term, was Paul's problem child. Okay? Paul started the church at Corinth. Uh, it, was a, it was a church that was riddled with a lot of problems. And so 1 Corinthians, he wrote as a very corrective thing. He sent it to them and said, here's all the things you're doing wrong. You need to fix them. <laughs> and, uh, and he went through, and it was very specific. And there's some good things, some encouragement in 1 Corinthians as well. But, but there was very specific things about, you guys need to straighten up. Well, it seems, and we don't know exactly how, that the Corinthian church communicated back to Paul after that. And they weren't necessarily happy with him. Right? And so it turned out, and, and we think, they think that probably Timothy brought a message back to Paul uh, from the Corinthian church. And, and it was in there that, that Timothy said, listen, Paul, they're really ragging you over there. And there, there are some people who are saying that you're not even really an apostle. And so 2 Corinthians is kind of a response to that, um, but it has some encouragement passages in it too, and that's what we're going to focus on on, on chapter 4. So it is a, a response to a response, and some even think there's another response in there. Uh, we don't really know that. But, but so, so Paul is writing back to the Corinthians again and straightening out some things again, but also to encourage them to answer some questions that they had sent back to him as well. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to camp out in verses 16 through 18, but I want to read 13 through 18 as we get started. We're on page 1159, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. 
As we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us uh, with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And let me tell you a little background of what's going on here. One of the questions it seems that they sent back to Paul is, why are we suffering so much? Why is there so much persecution? Why do we have to go through this? And so this little passage is an encouragement that as you go through this suffering, this persecution, to stay strong, to stay true. And so what what Paul was, was, was telling them, listen, the suffering that you're facing, though it is real and it hurts and it's difficult, it's worth it. And so, uh, I want to go through the passage and, and keep that context in mind because it helps us put in perspective some of the things that we go through, I think. So, verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. That word wasting away, literally trans- translated is decomposing. Yuck. Right? So, outwardly we're decomposing. Outwardly, we are going through a very difficult time. Outwardly, it really stinks. All right? 16, the second part of 16, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. And so the idea is, is that though what's happening to us outwardly, God is renewing us internally. And he's giving us strength, and he's giving us power, and he's giving us the ability to move forward. In verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles... Our light and momentary troubles. Now, process that with me for a minute. Light and momentary makes it sound like they're really not a big deal, doesn't it? Light, they're not heavy. Momentary, they're not going to last long. Light and momentary troubles. The word troubles is really interesting in the Greek. Uh, It means to have uh, physical, mental, social, or economic despair. Right? So hear those again. Physical, mental, social, or economic despair. These troubles of these four things are light and temporary. Let me ask you something. Have you ever had physical, mental, social, or economic despair in your life? Anybody? If you're not raising your hand... It's either you forgot or you haven't lived long enough yet. Right? Because the truth is life brings those things to us. There are times that we have, we have physical, mental, social, and economic despair. That's a part of our journey here. And Paul was, was, was trying to let them see, first of all, yes, in this life, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have difficulty. You're going to have heartache. You're going to have disappointment, but you need to keep it in perspective, which we'll talk about in a second. 
so I think one of the things that is a reality for us is we go through this journey, and what we want is we want to go to God with our request. Here is my heartache. Here is my difficulty. Here is my hurt. Here is the solution. Now provide it for me. And then we get it immediately. Right? That's what we want God to do. That's, that's how we live. We, you know, I have this issue. God fix it. Thank you that you fixed it. We want it to happen in a 24-hour period. I mean, sometimes that happens. Um, not too long ago, over on South Campus, where I teach occasionally, at the end of the semester, uh, they, they have a key, a really awkward-shaped key that you have that's your key that opens the door to your room. Right? And somehow that key has a transponder on it that keeps up with who opens what door and blah, 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 blah. All right? But it's really a pain. Right? It's too big to, to put on a keychain and put in your pocket. It's very uncomfortable. Right? I tried it one semester. I didn't like it at all. So I decided I would keep that key in the front pocket of my backpack. And that's where I, I always know where it was. Well, the last day of class... Uh, I was walking out with students, and we were talking, and we ended up talking longer than I thought, and, and I told myself, all right, I'm going to put the key in my pocket, and I will put it in the backpack when I get to the car. Well, I ended up talking so long, I forgot about it. No big deal. So I get back to the office. I'm unloading the backpack because it's the end of the semester, and I'm getting the key out to put it in my desk, which I keep it so I know where it is, and it's not there. I said, oh, wait, I put it in my pocket, and it's not there. It's a financially detrimental mistake, okay? So I go home for lunch, and I say, babe, we need to go over to South Campus and look for my key. Uh, and then we go out to lunch. Let's go. So we went over, and so I retraced my steps. Didn't see it. So I thought to it again. I said, okay, I'm going to look one more time. And I retraced my steps one more time. And for whatever reason, the sun hit the key, and it was in the, this tall grass. And I found it. It's crazy, right? That's what we want God to do for us. We want God to fix our problems right now. We take our request to him, and we say, all right, I have this sickness, Lord. I want it over. Let's fix it. I have this relationship problem. I want it fixed. Fix it now. I have this work problem. I want it fixed. Fix it now. And we go to God with this expectation that he is going to intervene immediately and take care of this issue and make it right. And sometimes he does. But most of the time it doesn't work that way. Yesterday I participated in a funeral for a 48-year-old man who died with heart complications. And that family's just torn apart. Big hole left. My wife's brother, we've been praying for almost a decade now. It's come to the point where chemotherapy no longer works. The cancer's resistant to it. We keep praying. We keep asking. We keep hoping. And there's so many times in this life journey that we pray, and for whatever reason, God doesn't do what we want him to do. He doesn't step in and intervene the way that we think supernaturally he is supposed to do. And, and Paul is telling the people, listen, this, this pain is real. It's a part of the journey. And for those of you in Corinth, it's, it's a part of following Jesus. You're, you're going to pay a price for following Jesus. 
some of you will die. Some of you will be put in prison. Some of you may be thrown to the lions. There's a price to pay for following Christ. And we need to understand that the troubles and the, the hurts and the heartaches that we have, they're real. But the follow-up of it is, is that God sees things that we don't see. He understands things that we don't understand. So if you look at the second half of 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. What Paul tells the Corinthian church is, listen, whatever troubles you're facing now, whatever heartache you have now, whatever difficulty it is now, it is nothing compared to what's awaiting you. That's why he uses the words light and momentary. He says it's, it's so small compared to what's ahead. Far outweighs them is the Greek word, I'm going to say it wrong, I'm, I'm sure, is like hyperbole, which we get our word hyperbole. And what Paul was saying was, is what's ahead is so far greater than what you are facing now, you can't even compare them. There is no comparison. And what you're facing now is short-lived and temporary. What's coming is fantastic and eternal. I remember long time ago now, a young man in the eighth grade came to see me. He sat down in my office and he was just devastated because his girlfriend had broken up with him. And he looked at me and said, I'll never love again. There will never be another woman for me. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this heartache. I'll be honest, there's a part inside, I didn't out loud, there's a part of me inside that was giggling. Not because I didn't care about his pain, but because I'd been there. Because I remember in the eighth grade when Brooke Pettigrew broke my heart and how miserable it was. And I told him that story, and I, and I said, listen, look at my story. Mine turned out way better. Yours is going to turn out okay. It's going to be fine. He's like, well, how do you know that? I said, because millions of people have experienced what you're experiencing right now, and they survived it. And I know you can't see that, and I know you can't understand, and I know you don't see any hope in the situation, and I know you're totally devastated, but guess what? It's going to get better. I even think I used, there's a lot of fish in the sea, you know, that one that we always heard. I said, it's going to get better. I promise. And it did. But I think sometimes in our relationship with God, we forget that he sees and knows things we don't understand or know. He gets the big picture. He sees things that are coming, that are ahead. He sees, if you go back to verse 15, he says, he sees all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. He said, God sees the kingdom things. He sees the things that matter for eternity. He sees the things that bring him glory and bring his kingdom glory. He sees that whatever we're going through, there is something much bigger at stake than us. 
And that's what's so hard for us is that we can't look past the reality of the pain that we're going through now. We just want it to end. But Paul, he goes on in verse 18, and he tells us, he gives us an answer. He says, so we fix our eyes on what is, uh, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see, where we get stuck is this reality that we want everything that we see, touch, feel, taste, etc. in this life. We want it to be good. I don't think that's a sin or a problem, but when it gets messed up, we let ourselves get messed up. And we get confused. And we focus on everything being right and back in order and making sense, but, but the truth is, is that it doesn't have to make sense to us. Because as a teenager who loses their first girlfriend or boyfriend, doesn't understand that there's a lot of life left. God sees our story and sees what's ahead in ways that we could never say. And he's got a big plan. And we need to realize that what we're going through may be about his kingdom and not about us. And so Paul says, you know what? Focus on the eternal. Focus on the beauty that's ahead. Keep going forward day by day. And one day, it's going to be worth it. Now, I, I want to hang out in something I've talked with you about before. And uh, I've got a very professional slideshow that I'm going to show you. Um, but it begins with this reality is that we cannot become who God wants us to become without heartache and without trials. I wish it weren't that way. I wish I could just pray and, and, and read scripture and come to worship and do all of those things and I would just grow so fast that God would never have to bring heartache into my life. But the problem is when that happens, it becomes about me instead of about him. And so, for God to have us reach our full potential in Him, we have to go through difficulties. That's just how we are. Because it's in those difficulties that we realize our need for Him. All right, so I have this incredible slideshow, and uh, this is a, a young lady who is on her faith journey. So just bear with me, pretend like this is really cool, okay? So she is going down this, down this line and growing in her faith, right? So she's starting, she's a brand new believer, let's say, and she's, she's moving down and she's growing up in the Lord, Okay? So, she begins this journey of faith, and somewhere along the way, something bad happens, and boom, she ends up on her head in what we're going to call a valley. And this poor girl is going to do a lot of flips before we're done. Okay? All right. So, she's in a valley. She loses a job. She loses a loved one. Uh, something, something really horrible happens. Now, here's what I've noticed uh, on the faith journey, that a lot of people never get past this phase. And so what happens when you're young in faith or your faith is not matured? The question and the thing that we do is we go to God and we say a couple of things. We say, God, why is this happening? And then we say, God, get me out of this. Uh, please do whatever, please give me whatever I need to get out of it. 
Right? And, and when we're young in faith, that's all we want. We want God to fix this. Give us what we need to fix this. Make this right, because we want this to be over. Right? And uh, I mean, nobody else ever been there? All right? So what happens, though, is in time, as this valley gets over... Our young lady could end up back where she started and, and have to do the whole thing over and over again. Or she may move forward and grow a little bit. Now she may have to have multiple valleys to get to the point where she matures in her faith. But as we know, as we go through this journey, we continue on and another valley is going to come. Something bad is going to take place. Now, as we mature in faith, our prayers change a little bit. Because we begin to, to, instead of just saying, which we do, God, I don't like this. I want to get out of this. Please give me what I need to make it through. But as we mature in faith, we also say, God, I know I can learn something from this. And we ask good questions. We ask, Lord, is there something I need to learn from this? Is there something you're trying to teach me? Did I cause this valley on my own? Did I do something that made this valley happen? Could I correct that? Or is there something spiritually that I need to develop? So please give me what I need to make it through this valley, and please help me to push forward in faith. But, but if there's something I need to, to learn from this, please help me to learn it, because I don't want to have to learn it again. Right? I want to learn it the first time. I don't want to go through the same valley to learn the same thing. I didn't catch on that time. So, eventually, though, and, and one of the beautiful things in all this is all valleys end. I mean, they may end in eternity, but they do definitely end. So she goes on, and let's say she comes out of this, and, and she has grown in her faith again, and uh, she has matured more, and so she can look back already in her journey and, and faith and see, man, God has been faithful to me and helped carry me through these, these difficult times. But then, of course, if you keep living, another valley comes. All right? And, uh, and, and so, but what happens is, and, and, and again, I think to be honest with this is, depending on how connected we are to Christ, we could end up in any, any one of these phases again. And I think we have to be careful about that. But someone who is well along in their faith and they're well connected to Christ, when they come to a valley, the response is completely different. There's an immediate acknowledgement of dependence Lord, I need you to make it through this. Please give me what I need to make it through. And I know there may, be, there may be some things I need to learn here. And so again, we ask good questions. But someone who is well connected, they ask a third question. Lord, how can you use this for your kingdom's glory? Is there somebody I need to talk to? Is there somebody about to go through the same valley that I can help? Is there someone watching me that I just need to model how to get through a valley for? Lord, how are you going to use this? Please make it obvious to me how you're going to use this for your kingdom's glory, and I'll join you. See, it's a totally different prayer early in faith. It's a prayer that says God is doing something big picture. God is going to accomplish something. And even through the hard times, God is going to do something through me. Even when it hurts. And I think one of the things that's really hard for us to hear, but I think is very, very true, is sometimes, 
as I mature in faith, the valleys aren't even about me. I may go to a valley specifically for the purpose of someone else being ministered to. Really, God? Yeah, because the focus is his kingdom and what he wants to accomplish. So, I go through all of that, and, and, and please don't interpret this in a way I don't want you to. Just by saying the words doesn't mean that you're there. It is a natural outflow of a heart that is well connected to our king. It's a heart that trusts that even when it hurts, he's up to something. So I go through all of this to encourage you this way. Some of you, I know the valleys you're in. Some of you, I have no idea. Some of you are going through a great time in life and you're just enjoying it and you're just hoping the valleys don't show up anytime soon. And I get that. But if you find yourself in a valley, I want to encourage you today. There's hope. We worship a mighty and a powerful God who will not only give you what you need to make it through the valley because the valley will end, but he can use your experience to honor himself. So I want to encourage you to hang on. Keep pushing forward. Keep trusting. Be aware of what's going on around you. Be aware of what he's doing. And if he can use you to make a difference for his kingdom's sake, then jump in. Jump in. Stay focused on the things that are unseen, the kingdom things that really matter. Because if we focus on what is here and what we see and what we touch and what we feel, we're going to be devastatingly let down. So we focus on him and what he's doing. So um, hang in there and keep pushing forward because there is hope. And eventually that hope will be connected to him in eternity where John writes about the new heaven and the new earth. There'll be no more tears, no more mourning, no more pain, no more suffering. And a celebration of the King of Kings. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we never go through a trial unnoticed by you. I thank you that you're always up to something bigger than us. I thank you that valleys come to an end. And I thank you that you have a trustworthy plan. Father, I want to pray for all of those right now who, who are going through a valley. Lord, strengthen them. Give them what they need to make it through the valley. Let them experience your love and your presence in a very powerful way. And Lord, help them.